everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show. It may well possess a rudimentary intelligence. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Felt a great disturbance in the force. Hello, I'm Mr. Ray. Come on, Mark, like a job for me. Where's the goodies? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. I bet you wouldn't have done anything like this if Mom and Dad were here. You filthy criminal. Excuse me while I whip this out. Go ahead. Make my day. Here are your hosts, Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... E.G. Marshall. Our mystery drama, A Second Chance, was written especially for Radio Mystery Theater by Bob Juran and stars Paul Hecht and Bob Caliban. And we're here on Everything Old is New Again with Paul Hecht and Bob Caliban. Not in that order. Not in that order. H.K. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> the, what we can say is that the fourth member of the of the team, David Cohen, is unavailable, and that's why it's great to share the microphone with these two gentlemen. He would be first. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, would he ever? <laughs> and of course, I would be last, but this is Doug, Douglas Viviani. We're having some fun. Continue our discussion about the CBS Radio Mystery Theater. If you heard that clip and, and that brought back some memories, you're tuning into the right show. If it doesn't bring back memories, you're still tuning into the right show because this is an opportunity to uh, open our mind into to seeing what radio mystery or radio theater and radio drama can be. And we can be more on the radio. We can do more things on the radio, as you've heard for the last four years, and everything old is new again. And uh, we're happy to have a special guest, Paul Hecht, who graduated again from the National Theater School of Canada in 63, was on Broadway in 68, and Rosencrantz and Guildenstern at Dead, of which he was nominated for a Tony Award and continued on Broadway in 1776. Caesar and Cleopatra, Henry IV, uh, the last two, along with uh, Rex Harrison, and many, many more. You He's didn't a- stop working, did you? <laughs> I didn't for a while, no. <laughs> it's good. That's, that's, why, that's why I've stopped now. Yes. <laughs> I've, I've acted already. <laughs> He's all been in many, many television shows, including uh, Miami Vice, Remington Steel, As the World Turns. Also, Howard Stern uh, had him beside him in the movie Private Parts as the newsman Russ Buckingham. Certainly was another movie uh, with another uh, star of, of the day, uh, Chris Rock and Alan Alden, a different movie, uh, a, a New Life with Chris Rock. He was with he was on uh, Down to Earth is the name of the movie, and Last Call with Jeremy Irons. And welcome, uh, Mr. Heck, back to the uh, performance of Everything Old is New Again. Thank you. Bobby, does, Bobby doesn't get any credit. I was, I I was looking over, I was going to say, Bob Caliban is a native oh, of Iowa. Sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you, he's, he, he uh, rings a bell for us, because, and, and I think you're going to be speaking back to all, to the hometown, as KXEL reaches almost all of, uh, of Iowa, and then some. Yes. So uh, say hello, if you like, uh, to some of the old gang. Oh, yes, and uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, I, I, I lived in a little town just east of there, Lisbon, Iowa. Can you believe that? 900 people. And... and uh, there wasn't much uh, theater in Lisbon, Iowa, but... Uh, Certainly not after you left. No, that's there right. So. <laughs> and Car 54, where are you, is where you began your television appearances. Patty Duke and Bernstein Bears, Law and Order, Schoolhouse Rock, and even uh, the Top Cat movie in 2011. Yeah. And you were in 97 episodes uh, compared to uh, Paul Hecht, who was in 138. We don't uh, want to say that. This is, uh, Radio <laughs> Mystery Theater just produced some tremendous, tremendous uh, entertainment, as we're trying to do 
now and listen if you're a fan of the twilight zone or alfred hitchcock or listen the list goes on ellery queen and on and on and on these radio plays uh are different every week as is our show but the core of it is a love i think of entertaining is is that what would you agree with that or, or no bob Absolutely. Uh, and not only entertaining, sometimes um, scholarship. I mean, uh, you learn an awful lot from listening to the radio. And uh, I, I probably have felt that radio sent me on a, a career that uh, just has, it, it really hasn't stopped yet. Uh, it almost has. But it was radio, I think, that, that got me started in the business and uh, turned me to voiceovers rather than an on-camera career. But because I've done so much radio and the the kind of character voices that I do, uh, dialects and accents and stuff. And animals. Uh, and animals, the yes. The koala bear. That's right. That's the one. Do you still do the koala bear? <laughs> oh, no. <I've, laughs> they asked me to stop doing that. But, um, no. It, I it, love it, that koala bear. Yeah. No. Well, it all good. comes from, from from good writing, and I just want to mention a few names. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and, and you know, I know I don't. Did, did you have any? Well, let's mention some names. But my question is leading up to: Did you have any contact with any of the authors, or uh, you, did they come to the studio and and make a change here and there? Or yeah, I, I I was in touch with one of them. I forget his name because he we 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 when after High died. Were you on that? Did, did you do that? That the High Brown Memorial Radio piece? I think so. Marion was on it. Roberta yes. Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Marion was was not. He's, he's talking about Marion Seldes. Right. Um, and but I can't remember who wrote it. I have it in my, I have it in my file somewhere. But it, the name escapes me. Good for you. Just as names. You know, oh boy! As you say, you can't remember what you had for breakfast. I can't remember the names of what I ate. I can't remember <laughs> the, name, the, the name for egg I, has gone. You know, the I, name, I can do the commercial for what right. I had for breakfast, had but for that's breakfast. it. You yes, I know. <laughs> you know, you were asking a question of Bobby about radio. For me, it was even more specific because even though I've done just about everything you can think of, in a, in, you know, in every area of acting, in an effort to make a living. Um, for me, the thing that I keep going back to is the spoken word. I'm a big spoken word nut. I do uh, master classes, sounds so pompous, but I, I try to help poets and young people lift. You know, I start out my sessions by saying, you know, you've done one of the hardest things I can possibly think of, which is to put some words down on paper. And now you've got to do something almost equally as difficult, which is to lift them back up again. Right. Oh, that's yeah. a great way to phrase it. And people that did that was somebody uh, like an Ian Martin. The name has to be. Oh, yeah. Familiar. Did yeah. so many oh, of right. these. Yeah. Elspeth Eric. Elspeth, yep. Uh, Sam Dan. Sam Dan. Uh, yeah. Arnold Moss to a much lesser degree, but he certainly well, was Arnold involved. Arnold was a very good actor, you know. Arnold, mm -hmm. Arnold was the father of Jeffrey Moss, also dead, who wrote, who wrote uh, Rubber Ducky. How about that? Oh, really? And Arnold was a great Lear, I believe. I think Arnold did one of the great. He was a he was a very good shake actor. He also was on a great episode of Star Trek, if you remember well, that. There you go. What, oh. what one is remembered for? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, you know, oh yeah, Paul. I, yeah, you were in that Law and Order where you hmm, <laughs> and you think all of Shakespeare, all the stuff I've done. Yeah. Right. And they remember that. They remember that. They remember the the, the, the Howard Stern. 
<laughs> that's what they remember. Right, right, right. Yeah. exactly. Well, uh, like it or not, right? I, I have a terrible story about that. So, uh, <laughs> I've probably done 14,000 commercials, but uh, the, the one only they one they remember, remember um, I'm the little man in the tidy bowl. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> so uh, I've been in your toilet for a long, long time. How about right. that? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, so did any of these writers stand out to you? In that? No, the, I guess not, but did you get any scripts and say, oh, there's an Ian Martin script that's terrific, or this is so-and-so, and I don't know about that, or you just kind of dove into whatever it was? Yeah. Did any stand out to you? Did no, you, do you don't, don't. I, mean, I mean, as we said on the last show last week, I mean, we would sh- you'd sh- you'd get the call, you'd show up on time, you'd get there a few minutes early, take off your coat, say hi to everybody, and they'd hand you the script and you'd do it. Right. You know, and you, I don't think I don't I don't I don't even remember looking at the first page, the title and the author. Oh no. You go, which is my part. You'd start yep. to mark you, up. You start, the first thing you did would you'd, you'd get your pencil out. Have you heard the expression? I just heard it. Somebody, my musician friend, said, "No pencil, no career." <laughs> Isn't that a good one? That's good. I like that. Because you'd mark it up for what? Intonations? We would change no, words? Oh, no. Intonations. Just your part. <laughs> no, you put a bit. What did you do? I did a little, I did a kind of an arrow, a yeah. diminuendo. Do you know what the, the diminuendo sign is? Yes. I would mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. But uh, you, did, you didn't mark it. No, I didn't. Part. Just to show where your part was. In yeah. Other yeah, you just yeah. circle your part. Or your or role. Your, make sure, you know. You'll put an line. X where your next yeah. speech is. Yes, that's right. Um, but it's. Uh, It's amazing when you uh, were a character actor, and that's what I am. I never knew what I was going to play. I mean, he never called me and said, okay, I want you uh, on Thursday to play uh, Barney, uh, whatever. Uh, I just would walk in and say, thank you, Jesus, Mm -hmm. or somebody uh, for for letting me work that And the script was the script, as you said, but once in a while you would change a word. Hyman Brown, you're doing this live, so I guess you couldn't change your... Well, no, I would change it during during the read-through. Sometimes it didn't, you know. Sometimes the script wouldn't... I mean, I wouldn't change the meaning. Right. But the the, the certain... Sometimes a word wouldn't fall out of your mouth the way you'd like it. Mm Mm-hmm. And you change that and you change on. that and move on, and I would go. I was so busy with it, something else. He didn't. He care. didn't even he hear knew. you. I mean, after a while, and 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 as we said last week, some people only did one. But after a while, once you've done ten, eleven, twelve, fifteen shows, I would go. Okay, Bobby Caliban is going to do these two. You're going to do yeah. that. You're going to do the old cowboy, and you're going to do. You know the guy behind the diner counter, and he and he knew that Bobby would just do something, and I wouldn't have to worry about that. No. He had other things to worry about. We're yeah. gonna worry about commercials. We'll be back right after this, and everything old is new again. You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Oh, yes, it's, it's called the CBS Radio Mystery Theater, and it'll be on every night of the week. A Not a continuous drama. It'll be a new original drama every night in the week. And you'll be on each I'm of the these? I'm the host, because some of these deal with the occult, some deal with the ghost stories, some are mysteries, some are romances, but everything is with something with a mystery to it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see what will happen. If there is an audience out there that 
uh, likes to listen to just words and not watch the tube, as uh, we've been doing now for 20 years. Yeah. There we go. Everything old is new yeah, again. Joining uh, E.G. Marshall in 1974, talking about uh, the uh, the production of CBS Radio Mystery Theater. When uh, there were then. tubes, when we watched the tube. Exactly. Yeah. And only 20 things he references for only 20 years. That was 74. He's yeah. a little off. But but what I wanted to talk about, I'm yes. sure you have, the, uh, uh, since you've just played the E.G. Marshall thing. I remember, Bobby, correct me if I'm wrong, I remember when we would actually do it that I would play it. So he must have recorded the intro before, before we did it. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Sometimes. I think I did. Because I remember, I remember hearing it and then Kai with the cue. You remember he would sit behind the thing and give yeah. you a cue? Like we cared, like we didn't know <laughs> that it was our turn. <laughs> that it was our on. turn to stop. <laughs> so he would point to you at the end Starting. of the yeah. It was, like, it was like the old days. <laughs> yeah. He would like you know he would be the Leonard Bernstein of radio, and he'd sort of go like that and the thing, the thing, and Marlon, dear Marlon, the producer and the sound effects guy with oh yeah all of that. So yeah. you had sound effects. Uh, Guy doing he wasn't on recorded sound effects. They were recorded, oh, okay. but they were on they were on like, like cassettes. cassettes things. Mm-hmm. When I and I'm trying to remember when I did radio in Canada uh, at the very beginning of my career when I was in my teen, nineteen or so. I don't I don't remember clip clops or anything like that. Right. Um, I don't, do you remember any of that? I don't. I don't think we did that. No, I don't all, think so. I think all of the sound effects were more or less were recorded. On cassette. Yeah. They were pre-recorded. Yeah. But as you performed Radio Mystery Theater, there was a sound man that would hit the button, yeah. change oh, the cassette, yeah. and so forth. Yeah. And you have to wait for that, or at least you'd, yeah, you'd sort of hear work it as a and team. sense it. And high would be yep. conducting away like we cared, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yes. As if as if we didn't know that we had to wait for the door to close or yeah. open before we came so in. So in other words, he was in a booth. Just so oh, there was a door. Booth. Hang on a second. Yeah. There was a door. Yes, there was. There a was door. a live door. Yep. And you had to wait. You had to wait for the door to you know. And occasionally, an actor who was only on the show for once would come in, and the door wasn't open yet. You know, you'd have to do it again. You think, how can you come? You can't come. The door is not open yet, right? Funny stuff. Because uh, you were performing them live. He was in a, in a studio, let's say, with a window looking yes. down oh, yes. at where you were, and he was giving you all these hand signals yes. that I hear he through conduct, radio. He you would know, conduct. He would go. Yeah. Yes, he would point to yeah, you or point to something, and we'd you know. Yeah. And if you're running out of time, what was the signal for that? He gave you the cut sign, or I don't, think I don't, I don't remember that uh, very much. But it would be that. Oh, like kind speed of, it up, uh, kind of a thing. I don't remember ever running out of time. I don't they either. Were, I mean, high was pretty. Good. I mean, I mean, he had an internal clock. He could, you know, that old joke of handing the producer the script, and the script. He puts the script in his hand, and he said, "Hmm, feels long." <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's right. <You> know that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, High had an unerring uh, ability to know if it was in time or not, in spite of all his shenanigans about, oh, no, 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 trying to get my timing. Paul, come on, I'm trying to stop. I'd like to, you know. Yeah, but. but <laughs> But it, I don't think it ever went over. Now, you had quite a number of special guests, or guests, I should say, that, that are, besides yourselves, that are known in the industry. I can only name a few of them, but I... Unlike I'm, the two of us, you mean? Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what I said. Uh, but there's, you know, Tony Roberts uh, from the Woody Allen movies, Mandel Kramer, Mercedes McCambridge was on in the beginning. I did a lot. I did mm-hmm. several with Mercy, with Mercedes. Kim. Kim Hunter, I did a couple with Kim. Yeah. Yeah, Ralph with Bell. With Kim, like I know. Oh, Ralph Bell. Ralph, well, Ralph was, was a president wonderful. of SAG. Yeah. You know. 
So you have memories of these individuals. Now, you, what you would do is you would Ralph. perform with them, and then, like I said, you'd walk home or something, but that would be the... You didn't go well, to dinner or what have you afterwards and, and no, say no. hello? No, I mean, I, I had... Uh, I mean, one of the things about our, what I like to call our floating opera, uh, I mean, Bobby and I have known each other on the street, in studios, waiting for auditions, rounding up the usual customers for how many years? Oh, boy. And I um, think I've had soup in your house once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a soup man. <laughs> you I think, I think... I th- think you were. I think she made soup once when I came by. Um, I have a social relationship. I mean, I'm friendly with Tony. We have a social relationship. I think I went to. I think, but but in general, no. It's it's a it's a, a unique kind of relationship that those of us who were on the voiceover radio circuit had. Mm-hmm. We'd meet, we'd tell a few jokes, sometimes you'd have a coffee or something, yeah. and time for coffee, but in those days we were so busy, who had time for coffee? And you say it was like a symphony, and it really was in a different way, and you had these four or five, or however many actors in the studio performing this play, and then off you go. But Bobby, even before that, the people that were in the generation just a half step before us who were in the heyday, the great days of radio. Oh, yes. They would go from one studio to another, wouldn't they? They'd do different shows. Yeah. And there would be a waiting room somewhere that yeah. I can't remember who uh, talked to me about it. I used to go up to NBC every once in a while and, and do a show. And there would be people sitting there. Uh, waiting to do their part, and then they go to another studio and do another part. I mean, it was it was a busy day for them. I was more than just blessed to uh, work with High um, as many times as I did, and the great thing was that I got to work with so many wonderful people that I wouldn't have been able to work with on the stage or uh, other areas. But Radio uh, Mystery Theater was already a revival of radio oh yes right right exactly i mean That's... i mean i mean i mean when i told my wife i said i've got this interview about i said oh, here i am at the ripe old age of several the ripe old age <laughs> of 76 you know mm-hmm. i'm now an old time radio actor and i said but there were there were people oh. there were people who came before us who were really old time radio yep. actors yeah, they well, like we say, Mercedes McCambridge, as an example, did a few before she yeah. passed away. She acted with, with Orson Welles uh, back in the 30s and sure, 40s. For instance. For example, you know, you and know, uh, and you the, were able to work with her. So it's a yeah. interesting, but you're right, the heyday the was not during the Radio Mystery Theater days. It was a revival. Yes. Oh, yes. Successful. I bet there was nothing else, as far as no, I remember. No. I mean, I do remember an effort, which I'm sorry we never, it never took off. Of doing a one-minute soap opera, did you ever hear? About yeah, that I think thing? so. It was a one-minute soap opera, and it was it was played on a dozen stations, like yours is, every day. And then there would be a different one, but it would just be the one episode was just for the day, and then there'd be another one the yeah. next day. So you'd record five minutes mm-hmm. of five you know you'd, you'd record five one minute soap operas and it never took off and i've i've always thought what a fabulous idea yeah a right? great idea right but yeah. somehow they whoever they are don't seem to want to 
pick up on it. The advertisers, the thing. I think there's a. I think they're missing a great opportunity. Well, well that's I, what I think. Sorry. I was just saying. I see. You see, uh, iHeartRadio has filed for bankruptcy, and I think there's a reason. Uh, to me, some of that is we've become so formulaic in the radio that there's this. We don't want to take a chance. Like the local stations take more chances than the the others. Uh, no, I, I maybe. I, I mean, it's a mystery because I'm not yeah. them. Right. You know, and I remember talking to High, who he used to, they used to drive High Man <laughs> with their, you know, I mean, my wife and I, who are both in the business, we call those people civilians. You know, <laughs> right. they just right. don't get it somehow. Yeah. I mean, I can't figure it out. Because don't we want radio? I mean, you tell me when you grew up, wasn't radio more fun? Wasn't it, you know, more variety? And, well, and or am I wrong? No. Oh, radio was. But I mean, I mean, fabulous. Yeah. I mean, I grew up, I, as I say, I grew up in England. So for me, the Goon Show, which mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. still hear, I mean, I mean, I look back to my crystal set, my little white plastic yeah. crystal set where I heard Roger Bannister break the f- <laughs> five-minute mile, four-minute mile, whatever, whatever he broke sure. in 50-something. And I was allowed to stay up in bed, you know, on Wednesday nights listening to the Goon Show. Yeah. Well, that was my, that was, you know, it was my version of you lying on the floor Sticking your ear up against your family, yeah. um, your family's piece of furniture sure. radio thing, and um, so that was my, that was yeah. my, and then it translated. Fortunately, as Bobby said, you know, thank you. Well, you say Jesus, I say somebody else. <laughs> somebody uh-huh. else. But it translated into a portion of my professional life, for which I, like Bobby, am. Endlessly grateful. Doing it is so much fun. But when I think of the amount of time that I spent listening to radio, whether it was Jack Benny or I don't want to go through all the things, but uh, Inner Sanctum or whatever, uh, it was such a creative uh, area for me to listen to those people and know that oh that's the that guy who did that uh, little character also did the one there because I could kind of tell that but most of the American people who were listening probably didn't know that that was the same guy. So you already but, attuned to the character. Oh actor. my gosh, yes. See that, and well, it, it it caused me to think that maybe I could be a character actor. Right? We're glad you did. We'll be back right after this and everything old. Let's do it again. All right, so Doug, people have been saying, hey, I could find you guys on YouTube. You have your own YouTube channel. I can find you on Facebook. But what about other social media? Do you exist anywhere else in the social media universe? Yes, we do. We're on Instagram and we're on Twitter. At the same thing, you go at E-O-N-A show. That's everything old is new again. The initials, right? So it's E-O-N-A show. And that's it, at E-O-N-A show. You got Instagram, Twitter, and I'll tell you, we post pictures, behind-the-scenes stuff, trivia questions, contests, notes about the show, so you have a lot of fun. Subscribe to us, friend us on Facebook if you can, and, and subscribe to the YouTube, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That's fun. I'm going to even start doing that. Ah, it might be worth your while. You can actually know what we're going to do next week. (laughs) (laughs) Good. (laughs) At E-O-N-A show. That's at E-O-N-A show. 
Now, back to America's Entertainment Pop Culture Talk Show. Everything old is new again with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Do you have any ideas how we could get out of here? I have escaped from Berg prison camp and from Lubeck. Uh, so Sean Host couldn't be any harder. How do you start? My method is simple. Make friends, make observation, and make haste. Comprenez? mystery drama, Breakout, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by James Agate Jr. and stars Paul Hecht and Bob Caliban. And so does Everything Old is New Again star uh, Paul Hecht and Bob Caliban here. We're uh, reminiscing and having some great uh, discussion about radio, radio mystery theater, and we're going to go a little bit into the future of radio. We're talking about that. That was an interesting clip, though, because that was a clip where Hyman Brown uh, allowed the two of you to do accents, and not only on that episode did you do, uh, let's say there was a French accent, there was a German accent as well, because you were escaping from a World War One prison camp, and part of your uh, escape involved having to... Uh, Pose as Germans as well. Right. So, <laughs> well, so I guess one, he got it out of his system in no one wonder uh, how, I mean, there was no way we could do it without doing the accent. No, and we right. could. Uh, we would do it anything <laughs> in order to let us, uh, you know, stretch as far as we could and let high uh, accept it because many times uh, you'd do one and he would say, "Ah, oh, that's a little bit." Uh, high was much. not the only. Producer, I, I mean, I worked for a TV on a TV soap opera, and the exec producer used to hate accents. Really? I used to, I yes, Paul Rudd. I mean, <laughs> you got away with it there for two different accents. I didn't actually. <laughs> yeah, I, no, you didn't. I didn't get away with it on the soap opera. That's another story, not for this show. Right. But yeah. but but it's a good story. It's actually one of my favorite acting stories. Um, to be continued, we'll say. To do a show on soap operas. But not getting away, no, but not getting away with doing an accent. And how the story basically is when the producer or director, whoever says, yeah, it's good, but no accent, they don't understand that the act, it's not just, you're not just dropping the accent, you're dropping a whole. Yep. Character, a whole character, right? It's, and that's the whole idea. It's like that's, the, it's like those idiot things that 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 directors tell you when you're doing commercials. You know, we as voiceover actors have a whole list of idiotic things that people have told us. And of course, you're in the studio and you want to make nice, so you nod and smile, and you come home with aching cheeks because you say, "Sure, sure, we can make it. I can talk slower and make it faster. Yeah, yeah, sure." <laughs> The one I'd love was Paul. Do you remember that English, that guy who was the butler in Arthur? I said, yeah, yeah, you mean Sir John Gilgood. Yeah, that's the guy we want, but without the accent. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my favorite accent. Yeah. Story. Story. Anyway, that has nothing to do with Radio Mystery Theater. But what we're Theater, saying with Radio Mystery Theater was that Hyman Brown was a gentleman that was in control of all of this, and he was saying, we said this off the air, so I might as well say now, did not like accents, did not want accents for the as most part. As far as I right? remember, aren't I right about that, Bobby? Yeah. like accents, most really. But you got away with it there in well, that particular I don't think episode. There was, I don't think there was any way we could have done the episode. I don't think so Without either. accents. No. 
Now, uh, you also had people that came on board. Want to just get a little flavor? Morgan Fairchild was beginning her yes, career. Yes, She was on. Uh, Fred Gwynn with uh, off well, of the Monsters. Was, Fred was already very famous. established. Yeah, Fred he was, was already. Fun. Morgan was just a young, beautiful person. Right, and yeah. then, uh, then uh, just just a young person. Mm-hmm. She was at that time. She was. A young, beautiful person. I don't know how she got onto the show. I guess right. I yeah. must have said, "Oh, I think I would like to have a young, beautiful person." <laughs> and then uh, Ralph Bell, Earl, Earl Hammond. Again, they weren't young at that time. But saying they no. established was, individuals was, and people worked with. Ralph Bell was wonderful. Just oh, uh, what some of them had such distinctive voices. Howard De Silva has a great distinctive yeah. voice. Did you ever work with him? I don't remember. Well, we were in 1776. That's again. right. There yeah. you go. That's right. You were. That's another. That's another series of stories because he played Benjamin Franklin. And I played John Dickinson, who didn't sign, from Pennsylvania. See? Um, yes, we uh, we had we had several tussles on the stage. Mr. Oh, I bet. Yes, oh, yes, goodness gracious. And any of these people stand out as someone that, that you could say, um, how do we say this, was rubbed you the wrong way, that you just didn't get along with it, performing just didn't work, or did it always work? Well, don't forget that as we've discussed, as Bobby has discussed, you, you, on the for CBS Radio Mystery Theater, you come in, say hello, put your, take your coat off, and do the show, mm-hmm. and then have lunch, either with or without the person that you don't or yeah. do or don't get on with, and one would just generally just do it as a professional. Right. In a play, doing a show eight times a week for a year, that's a completely different kettle of fish. Right, you know, yeah. people drive you absolutely crazy. Yeah. You know, now we've, but not on radio. Not not for not, tough tough to get along. It's sometimes. a few minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the question is, uh, we I inferred it last show. I have to ask because we've had Alan Alda on. We've had uh, um, uh, Barney Miller himself, Hal Linden Hal. on as well. We and, were in Rothschilds together, of course. He played my father. Hal. There so you see how in a small world it is. And it is question, a small world. Those two gentlemen were, uh, to us, as professional, as nice, as terrific as you are on the air today. It seems like um, is, is they, that they were very genuine with that. Uh, did you find that as well? Uh, Alan is a prince. Yeah. I mean, I mean I, I've met him. I did this film with him, and I also worked with his daughter in a play. I mean, Alan is just a gentle, smart Prince of a man. Yeah, Hal was very nice too. Um, <laughs> and um, he, you know, we shared a dressing room for a year. So you know, I mean, we were theatrical sure. roommates. It was different. Um, and I think over the years, one gravitates towards certain people and not to others, just as one does in life. Isn't yeah. that true? Because I'll say, you, you, I, I contacted uh, Paul Hecht to do the interview today, and he was good enough to then. Ask us, hey, would you like to have Bob come on board? And I'm glad you did. And it's, oh, we'll just say, birds of a feather. We're having a great time together, and, and I guess that's what's happening. Is I owe you ten percent now <laughs> of the one twenty three personal manager. Oh, good. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Bobby is one of the the cornerstones of our business, and it was no I doubt. Mean, that- I mean, I mean, you don't if you you know, if you walk if you. Met him walking down the street in Garden City, you wouldn't know who he was. But you've heard him, I mean, thousands and thousands of times. Right. And what, what, what is it or was it about working with Paul that continued the friendship? Because uh, we say thereafter, you, most of the time you're in the cocoon of the work, but you two gentlemen have gone beyond that a bit. Is there something that clicked or, or uh, 
you know, I don't know what it was. The, the wives got along or something else? Or? Um, no, I don't think that, uh, principally because I, I live out on Long Island and uh, I, I, I don't go to dinner or something with a lot of actors at, at night. But um, I think when you have a, a meeting of minds, <laughs> and Paul and I did, uh, for, for a couple of reasons, uh, in the business of, of the characters that you get to play, but we were both the president of the Screen Actors Guild here in New York, and uh, I've respected him probably more than he has ever known. Uh, and um, it's probably been mutual, but uh, who's to say? Uh, but uh, you, you realize that some actors literally bring something to it every moment. And uh, I, I think that's one of the most important things about what's happening today with radio, is that people are carrying these little things in their hand, and they have something plugged in their ears. Today, you can have radio playing all the time, and people walk the streets, uh, they sit in their cars, they, I don't mean driving it, but um, the radio can, can be heard today more than ever before because of these little instruments that they have and the, uh, the earphones that they have. Uh, it's, it's marvelous what can happen. I, you know, I want to say something else Douglas that I believe in, which is that actors in general are very affectionate people by and large. And there is a there's there's a group of actors that only think of themselves and there's another mm. group of actors that go, you know, we're all in this together. Yep. And Bob I've always felt with Bobby that we're all in this together. Together. You know, there's something affectionate and nice and I remember when I started that poetry series that I curated in, the, in Greenwich Village, I said, I'm going to do an Ogden Nash evening, and the reason I'm going to do it is to get Bobby to do it. And to get him out to That's the city, amazing. right? Well, not just to get out to the city, <laughs> yeah. but to hear yes. Bobby read some of Ogden Nash's uh, poems and humor. And oh, I cannot humor. tell you what that was evening, <laughs> those evenings were like. Wasn't that great? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, forget yeah. about it. And and the fifty sixty people who were crammed into that Greenwich Village yeah. cellar, they oh. still meet them. You know, they say, "Well, are you going to do the Octon? You know, you're going to do that again? How's how's that man? What was his name? That what was, was his just, name again? Uh, that was you know heaven, heaven. But I mean, that's the upward spiral of our business, right? You know, when you have that chemistry, though, you have that chemistry. You it's, want to work with it, you know. Yeah, I don't like to use chemistry. Yeah. It sounds so scientific, right? Um, <laughs> even though that's an appropriate word. No, there's something. There's you just there's a feel. Yeah. You just go. Oh, that's a nice person. And, and you just feel at go. ease. You feel a comfort. Yes, yeah. right. And now with sorry, are we are we'll we, be right back. Uh, and yeah. talk about comfort. We'll be right back. Everything old is new again. Making more comfortable with the, the radio and talking about everything old is new again. Radio Mystery Theater. This is Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Please, Mr. Jefferson. Now, look, you have to stand up to your father. You have to let him know you're a man. I will, I will. From now on, I will. No, no, no. You have to stand up to him now. Tell the truth. But but I'll die. Possibly, but (laughs) if you don't tell the truth, you'll surely die. What life can be left to you, huh? 
to spend the rest of your days even deeper within your father's shadow? Mr. Jefferson, what do you want me to do? Take the stand. Tell the truth. There we go. We're telling the truth about radio and about CBS Radio Mystery Theater with Paul Hecht, who is Thomas Jefferson in that clip. And we have Bob Caliban, who was a troubled soul, let's say, in <laughs> yes. that uh, clip. And again, it, 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 that's a story of Thomas Jefferson as, before he was president. As uh, Did you hear, yes. Doug, did you hear how we were playing music together? Yes. You know, that's what I was talking about before. We just did it, right? We didn't. We mm. read it through once. Yeah. And then just so that you knew where it was going. But while we were doing it, it was almost it was almost like uh, two musicians. But you uh, know what I'm saying? Yes. If you listen to that, you can hear the rhythm. Absolutely. Between I was going to say, yeah. the, 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 even the pauses, you could hear not one person was trying to rush their line mm-hmm. over another. It's sort of That's why I was surprised when you said all you've done was the one read-through and then you did it. It was like true professional uh, artists, uh, whether it be musicians or whatever it might be, performing their craft. And, that, and that's what I encourage you to take a look at now if you want to go to... Google, wherever it might be, you look up CBS Radio Mystery Theater. There's 1,399 episodes uh, to enjoy. And it's really, really fun. Now, I, I listen to these from time to time with my children. There's a Christmas episode that I love with uh, with Howard De Silva, and just many many episodes. We we listen all the time. My children are eight and six, so they're a little young for the time span for the listen, but they they are interested and in that they have an open mind to say to themselves, "These are stories. I want to hear these stories. I like these stories." Of course, I get to they get to stay at late late a little bit longer because we're listening in bed together, yeah. but they're really enjoying it. So th- I would suggest that it doesn't go away if presented properly. These are timeless stories and some of them are written by the best authors not only he and Brown I mean there's some Shakespeare there there's there's some Dickens there's some Edgar Allan Poe stories no Paul yeah and coming back to something I, uh, that, that, that I've said earlier about the spoken word there is something that is so visceral so touching about the spoken word there is probably nothing more important than reading to your children yes which is what I do as a volunteer you know, in, in, the, in the pre-K system in New York. That's marvelous. There is nothing that I can think of that is more important for your four, five, six, seven-year-old than, you know. Yeah, we read every night, you know, they have for homework, and, and now it inspires them to write. E.G. Marshall spoke about this in a clip before about the imagination. And when you see every, I'm not putting TV and movies down. It's just different forms of oh, entertainment. <laughs> yeah. But you, you lose your in your ability to use your imagination when it's given to you on a silver platter every time you turn the TV on uh, and they tell you the story. But it seems to me that, that people said to their little kids how dangerous it was to read comic books and to listen to the radio. And I was at a comic book convention. I told uh, Mark Runwald, who wrote, and, and Stan Lee, who wrote and created Daredevil, that when I was a young boy, I read many, but I also read Daredevil. I'm an attorney by profession. Uh, that's what I've done for many years. I would not have become an attorney, and I would not have read as well as I learned to read, if not for the Marvel comics in the 60s and yeah. 70s. Because they, they did not talk down to you as a child. They, mm. they were something even, worthwhile. I mean, even our generation's upset with people on their phones all the time Mm -hmm. it is reading and writing right i mean it is a different kind of reading and writing and i wish i wish people wouldn't cross the street uh, (laughs) watching their phones while i'm driving you know down my street in brooklyn but you know the pendulum will swing 
if they stay alive. Right. Yep. And, 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 but it is, it's reading and writing. It's just, as I said before, it's the delivery system that's different. Yeah, what you've just said about reading to your two children, that's, that to me is just such, such a touching thing uh, because you can create and they can respond to your creation in a way that nothing else will be the same. And it does build memories for oh them. Oh, my gosh. You know? And it's the, does sound, it of, ever. It's the sound of your voice. And the sound of your right. voice, I mean, my Absolutely. Dad, I, mean, I mean, my dad's, you know, I've got my father's voice. Yeah. See that? The other thing is, the other thing is, here's a bit of advice, not to you, but maybe to pre- young people who are reading to their kids, is slow down. Yeah. Slow down and let them turn the page. Oh, yeah. An extension of that, though, I just want to say is, you know, a payoff, if you will, is the Radio Mystery Theater performances that they get to hear with Dad. And uh, it really ignites imagination. Now, I just want to just one quick statement is that our show, Everything Old is New Again's mission statement basically is, uh, you know, through clips, characters, games, we do do challenges, we do fun conversation, we do characters, we do some uh, celebrity interviews, obviously. Um, We honor the past and introduce it to the present, recognizing all entertainment today is built upon the foundation of the entertainment of yesterday. And our show is based on the foundation, the shoulders of what you have done. And uh, and I'm sure what we were saying before is how you were saying your work in the entertainment industry, at least with respect to radio, was built upon the shoulders of some of the performers in the 50s and 60s. Oh, was right? it ever. And Homer's Odyssey. Exactly. It goes all the way back to that. Exactly right. So, you know, that's the theme, and I don't think that we're missing the mark, and I I appreciate the time that you've had to spend with us to help us recognize and acknowledge that. It is something that shouldn't be lost in the shuffle. I'm just having a a great time with uh, Paul Paul and I are the lucky ones. Ah, thank you. We've got a few minutes left. Is there any memory of of this whole experience that you'd like to share that we haven't had an opportunity to, to hear from you in terms of either what you've left as a legacy with these shows, maybe what fans have told to you uh, or come up to you? Do you still have people uh, ever acknowledge what you've done? Do they know? They don't really know because uh, I was more of a character on on all of the shows. Today, I kind of say, you know, if they could just hear my voice, I could get some more jobs. What happened with me is the people that I got to work with. That was the most important thing. And also that I did get to work that day because uh, I have a family. Uh, I have three kids and nine grandkids, and I had to make a living in the business. And this was one of the ways that I did make this living, where other guys would say, what did you do yesterday? I said, oh, I, I, I did uh, you know, a radio show. Radio? My gosh, are people still listening to the radio? You betcha. Yes, Absolutely. they are. Absolutely. In and one that's form or why you're, you know, what you're doing right now, uh, everything old is new again. Yes, it is. It's new. It's something that people have not done for a while and say, oh, my gosh, I could listen to that. They're creative people. And that's what's wonderful. Yes, and, and that's what it's about. When, when we heard Radio University Theater, we heard different characters, but we heard the heart of the show. We knew every week we were tuning into that. It's like with us. We, you know, they have to know, like David and I individually because the topic changes all the time. And, and Paul, you're, you're uh, one that was would lead the way in 138 episodes. Uh, do you feel uh, – I don't know. Do you ever have – the desire uh, to, to to play a show or two for a family member or a younger gentleman or lady that uh, has well, I, never heard it before. I do. I do tell them where they can listen to it. Good. You know, I mean, Good. it's not yes. hard to find anymore. But um, uh, uh, I mean, it was an important 
and extraordinarily enjoyable uh, uh, part of, 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 one's, of one's career. But, you know, my career is almost 60 years now. You know, I started when I was a teenager, and I'm now 76, you know. And this was... This, is that all? Yep. And this was just a little... This, you know, not a little. And it's just delightful to think that something that one did that still lives on because, in fact, what we do, especially in the theater, it's, as I say, it's like pouring sand into a sieve. You know, I mean... Uh, what happened? Right, your you best know. your best performance. It's not taped. It's 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 for those people, but it it's in their memory. That's yeah, it. It's in their memory, which is sometimes yes. you know, and sometimes people do come up and go, you know. But in general I don't make a big thing of it. I've moved on to doing now what it is I do, part of which, as I've just as I say, is reading to little kids. Right. And watching their faces I mean, they're just wrapped. Isn't that wonderful? Wonderful. Oh. How much time do you get? Do they get? How much time do they give you to? We can go a little. How much time do they give you to read when you go, you go into a classroom? I presume. I go into pre-K. You know, we've got pre-K for right. a while. I don't know if you have it out here. No, it's an incredible program. Uh, city, it's city one. I thought it was a New York State program, but maybe it isn't. Yeah, it's just a city right now, right? Um, and I go on Wednesday mornings. I read to two classes. I read to about forty kids. You know, twenty kids. Uh, part of it has to do with getting them to stand up and speak. Yeah. And a lot of them are ESL, you know, English as a second language. Some of them have learning disabilities, sure. you know. But the reading out loud part is something, as you as you know, is something that I believe in. It's almost like if the, if I had any kind of religion, it would be the spoken word. See that, yes. I, I've experienced that at a much smaller level where in our schools here, every Friday for uh, kindergarten and first graders, uh, they have a special guest, a mystery guest that comes in. And it's, of course, a, a, a parent, but never know they never know which parent is coming in when. But you go in, the kids are all sitting, all 25 of them are sitting in a row there. You sit in this rocking chair and you read two or three books to them. Read oh, yes, every Every Friday. Yes. My God. Have you noticed how slowly you have to read? And don't be be scared to pause. Read slowly. Exactly. We don't have the the time limitations we have on the radio. I wish I had an 11-hour show instead of 11 minutes. But I agree with you 100%. And and we do a little character voice here and there. You wait for the reaction. Then you turn the page. But they're enraptured. They they really... I was very surprised. They all... Eyes are on you, and they really want to hear what you have to say. Even if it's a book they've heard before, they're hearing yeah. it again oh. with a different intonation. Oh. Or whatever. <laughs> so you know? what story has not been told before? Because <laughs> everything old is new oh. again. <laughs> I thought you'd bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Paul Hegg. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Bob Calvin, thank you so much. We hope to have you back. If you're open to that, definitely throw out that uh, that invitation in the future. Thank you so much uh, for pleasure. taking your time. It's pleasure. been a joy. All right, great. Don't uh, forget to tune into Radio Mystery Theater whenever you can. And everything old is new again every week right here. Every week, right here. Everything old is new again. Great stuff, thank you.